Hi, I'm MK Lot, and this is Quarantine Campfire. <clears throat> Probably should have done that throat clearing before I hit record. But today I want to talk about something that I thought was going to be a lot more climactic than it actually was, but I'm going to dive more into, uh, into the value of that statement a little bit later. But uh, when I was seven, I had this jingle, I guess you can call it, um, stuck in my head, and it was bad. Like, more specifically, my obsession and my description of it were horrible. You know, and, and it was always like the whole situation of, hey, mom, do you know the song that goes like, and then, you know, should we give me that look that was like, like a, like a polite head shake, but secretly she's like debating like her son's sanity. And then she just kind of moved on from it. But I had this, this tune stuck in my head for years. And it, it got to that point. It got to years trying to find the song. And I was writing poems about what the lyrics could be like. I had dreams where that was playing in the background. I tried to like sound out the notes i was going through what felt like just countless songs and ideas namely stuff by enya and sarah brightman and i never found it so part of me believed that i made it up and it sounded so similar to the stuff and the artists that we as a family were listening to at the time because along with enya and brightman uh, we were listening to Sarah McLaughlin. We were listening to Tori Amos, Natalie Merchant, Nora Jones, like kind of that range of music. Therefore, I slowly began to believe that my mind was starting or making tunes that sounded similar to the stuff I was listening to. So you know how people start dreaming in a new language as they're learning it? I mean, so I've heard I've studied two languages in my life and that's never happened to me. But I thought that was what was happening in music for. So it felt kind of celestial to me, oddly enough. And I wrote the tune that I could remember, and it was only about 12 notes long that I had. And I wrote it into the story that I made into a screenplay. And it became so special to me that it's never left my side, except for, except for when I gave it to three people that I trust with my life basically so i've never pitched it which is the only script that where that's the case um and i just let my perfectionist in me take over and say that it has to be in a certain way otherwise i will formally declare war like that that's how bad this was but i mean in all fairness it's actually been really nice to have that kind of outlet for it <laughs> because i was able to just let it out just put it down on a piece of paper and then not really worry about it anymore. So anyways, two years after that script goes by and I'm visiting with my family in Vegas. In fact, this was less than five days ago, five days ago as of this recording. And my parents just got a new bookshelf and I'm actually kind of envious because I'm no shelf man, but it's a freaking awesome shelf. So it's got like vases, it's got style, it's got records, it's got a record player, and of course, it's got books. So the record player is dead smack in the in the center of the shelf, 
And at the bottom is their entire vinyl collection, which is pretty plentiful. So they ask my my younger sister to put in a vinyl, and she asks which one, and I think, yeah, I think mom suggested fumbling towards ecstasy. Now, I have not actually listened to the full album, despite the fact that my favorite Sarah McLaughlin song is on that album. It's uh it's possession, the the one about the stalker. But um my sister puts it on the B side. And I think knowing me, I was like in the kitchen drinking probably my fifth cup of coffee for the day. And I start hearing those tunes. So I put my coffee down and my sister is in the front room, right in front of the vinyl player, uh, right in front of the record player. And so, you know, I, you know, I, I was, I was polite about it. I, um, you know, just kind of chucked her across the room again, politely. Um, I pull out my phone, I turn it on to Shazam and it recognizes the song as fear by Sarah McLaughlin. And I'm looking at my phone. I finally figured out the song. I had been looking for this song for 16 years. And I think my mind just kind of went cool. And I got kind of upset because I was expecting fireworks to go off, right? And I'm pretty sure I'm going to deal with this when I'm old and weary, but my earphones blew out. So I couldn't really take the time to actually appreciate and understand it until my drive back from Vegas to Cedar City, when I could hear it in like the, in the sound system of my car. I played that one song on loop for three hours straight, trying to figure out why I enjoyed this so much. And two things dawned on me. One, I still love the song even more. So actually probably because I brainwashed myself. And two, I realized that this was my foundation for my taste in music. So immediately I started getting a flashback of when I drove um, down to Vegas with my uncle to visit the rest of the family for Thanksgiving. And he was educating me on good music, which started out with two albums of Slayer. Then we slowed things down with some Ani DeFranco, which by the way, Not a Pretty Girl, one of my favorite albums ever now. And then as we were getting into Vegas, we finished it off with Rage Against the Machine's self-titled album. Now, this memory got brought up because I began to understand that people have different tastes in music, most likely because they have different foundations for what good music is. So this hypothesis kind of came from one of my favorite classes I've ever taken in college, which is called Theory of Knowledge. Or I guess you can argue that the fancy pants term for it is metapistemology. But basically, I spent an entire semester studying not only how we know things, but how we can be justified in knowing it. So for example, if I were to say, I know the sky is blue, you could counter that with, how do you know that's blue? How do you know what the sky is? So I don't want to go through that right now, but long story short, I was taught to go down rabbit holes so I could actually establish a good base for my knowledge. A year later, and I'm still working on it, but that's when I discovered why the song was so important to me. I had finally gone to the end of that rabbit hole. 
I had finally found the song that was responsible for the rest of my taste in music. Now, the reason why I bring that memory up with my uncle is because that's when I discovered that, you know, that foundation was exclusive to me. And so I know growing up, he kind of gravitated more towards rock. And so that, or metal, I guess. And so that was his foundation. And so I kind of like, so I figured out that parallel between us, which was actually really cool. And I mean, of course, that's not the case for all the songs that I like. I mean, I don't think Fear by Sarah McLaughlin is responsible for my love for Marilyn Manson, but I know that because they sounded so similar, it was responsible for my love for Sarah Brightman. And my love for Sarah Brightman made me love the titular track for Phantom of the Opera. And my love for Phantom of the Opera was responsible for my love for Broadway. And my love for Broadway was responsible for my love for narrative music. And my love for music that told a narrative, I guess that's the better way to put it, allowed me to appreciate other stories like Book of Mormon, Les Mis, Kinky Boots, Avenue Q, Hamilton, etc. And as a result of that, and as a result of seeing that kind of, that uh, that hierarchy, I guess, um, it's kind of allowed me to empathize with people and their taste in music even more. So I wonder if there's anyone else out there who found a song like I did that moved them throughout their lives. And not only that, but they were able to suddenly realize that that was the influence for almost everything else that came later. More specifically, I kind of wonder how many people take the time to find that foundation for themselves. And if you haven't, I challenge you guys to do so. I think that kind of self-reflection in the form of arts and entertainment and style can be a really good indicator of not only just who you are now, but what you want to change about it to who you want to be in the future. So I don't know. I, I know that's not a lot right now. I know it's not the most uh, organized <laughs> train of thought, but yeah, hopefully that's some food for thought for you guys. But uh, that's my two cents for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and uh, I, I want to, I want to say too, if you think that this helps people find another outlook on life, or if you know someone who may enjoy this podcast, please share this with them. I'm really wanting to entertain and uplift as many people as I can. So therefore, the more the merrier. But again, thank you so much for tuning in and you know the drill. I will see you guys next Friday at 10.